0: Alright, how's everybody doing? Y'all good? You feel like you're drinking from a geyser yet? A lot of stuff. Um, So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take maybe three, four seconds and think about something that's been impactful from this week. So just take three or four seconds and just think about it for a minute. And then on three, say it out loud in as little words as you can, okay? One, two, three. You your time. That's good stuff, guys. That's really good stuff. Um, so uh, my name is Chris Island. I've got a million different devices here to run this. Hopefully it'll work. Uh, I've been in youth ministry in college for about 15 years now, about 10 years on staff at a church, and five years bivocationally. Um, and I love it. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Uh, the next 10, 15 years, I'll be in Tucson, Lord willing, doing youth ministry, maybe in London to do youth ministry, and then I have no clue I'm a millennial, so I'm light as a feather. I'll go wherever. Um, These are my four kids. This is Lucy, um, Afton, Afton, A-F-T-O-N, Ben, and Clementine. And behind them is a double rainbow (laughs) in Arizona after a rare, rare rainy day. And that's in our front yard. And it is strange to see this many trees in Arizona or in this part of Arizona, but they do exist. And that's our front yard. Um, This is my lovely wife. Can anybody name what I was for Halloween? Ted Laszlo. Ted Laszlo, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, and this is my wife. She was a bag of popcorn. <laughs> no one could figure out what she was, but that's what she is, is a bag of popcorn. Um, and then our president sent his best wishes on today, Thursday. And I uh, just wanted to say hi to everybody. sends a message. Um, so here is... Here is I'm going to go through a couple things today or whatever. A lot of this I'm sure that you've heard before. If you haven't, that's, that's great. I'm really glad you, you're here. If you have, throw in. I really want this to be a dialogue that we're sharing ideas. I only know this one or two, three, three ways to skin a cat, but all of you collectively have so much information and wisdom experience in the topic of youth ministry, planning, vision, that there are other people that need to hear your story too, and this is going to play into what we're going to talk about later. But the first thing is, I just want to get a feeling for where you are. Like, are, are you in a place where you're kind of stuck? Does anybody feel kind of stuck? And it's like planning and figuring out where to go next is a hard place. Like, you can respond with yes, it's okay. And I, I've been there many times. Yeah. Um, does anybody feel like, man, I've made plans and they're just not working out? Like, I want to. It's like good? Um, are you in a place where you're making plans and your leadership isn't really in agreement with you and you kind of... This, okay. Yeah. So, like, what are some of the? Tell me some of your experiences with visioning or challenges with visioning and planning. Some, some of okay. I'll tell you one. Um, I've seen youth leaders in my ministry spend so much time doing vision that they don't put their feet on the ground and actually do the vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm guilty of that, particular. I really am. Can anybody else relate? Youth leaders taking a lot of time in vision, but they never really implement anything. I did. Yeah. Somebody else oh talking? yeah. I feel like when I plan, I plan reactively. Yeah. Uh, and I try and respond to the cultural but then it feels a little patchwork. Yeah. And not having a long longevity to it. Um, oh I I can relate to that Anybody else relate to that? Implementing longevity? Yeah. I mean it's yeah, gonna, you know, have uh, this is how we've always done it here. Uh, and then like less and less people keep showing up doing the same thing, yeah, yeah. but not really wanting to change it. Yeah. A That's a great tradition, cycle so, yeah, yeah, I think one of, one of the things that I have to battle right now is um, a lot of the things that we want to implement are not directly opposed to anything that we've done in the past, but are definitely sort of like tweaks and sort of spins on things yeah. that have been done for a long time and not changing too much too soon or too drastically yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. But knowing that, like, eventually it's going to look slightly different. Yeah. Man. So is change exciting to you? Yes. Is change exciting to y'all? Like, and are you at a place where you're like, change needs to come and we need to figure out how to do this? Do you, do you feel that? Kind of like? I know where I'm changing too. Yeah. <laughs> um... Well, that's good. Well, let me pray for us and pray for some of these things. I'm going to try to integrate some of your needs and some of the things you're going through into the talk today. And um, let's just talk through it. So let me pray, talk to Jesus about it, and the greatest wisdom in the sermon here, okay? Uh, Lord Jesus, you are awesome. And Lord, that your plan was to do exactly what your daddy told you to do. And um, you executed it perfectly with humility constantly giving Him the glory and the credit. Help us to be the same. And though, Lord, we build this house, it will not be built unless You build it for us So, Lord, please keep us from laboring in vain. Depend on You, good or bad, Your sovereign love is greater than our mild attempts at loving people and planning things. Help us to have discernment, the wisdom, and be thoughtful, gospel-centered in the way that we go about planning and making visions. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get in a small group really quick. I don't know, four or five or whatever. And I just want you to answer this one question. Um, in ten words, what is the gospel? So get, collect together four or five of you get together, okay. ten words or less, what is the gospel? Wait, ten, ten okay, so let's go around, let's go around, and I want to hear what what you think the gospel is over here in the back. Oh, okay, um, God came to fix what is broken and for you. Okay, here's another group up here uh, the good news about God's victory over our here. Oh yeah. You Jesus came to save sinners and he rose and rose from the dead. Yeah. We all the back, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. God's sacrificial love for sinners in Jesus. God God glorifies himself by saving sinners. Oh man. Yeah. You guys. Anybody? Oh. Ahead, Christian. Christian, you got it okay. uh, well, listen, I thought your answer was right. Christian okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i just still this from Krishan just God, uh, uh God he said you he did, he did, so. Christian doesn't know the gospel <laughs> <guy. laughs> uh, God restoring uh, sinful people for his glory mm-hmm. awesome, was there any other groups I missed? That you guys- Okay, regardless of your plans, if your high school students, when they go through your program and they cannot communicate to you what this is, you have failed them. So I don't give two craps what your plan is. I really don't. And if you don't viscerally feel that this gospel is worth talking about and sharing and explaining to them, get out of youth ministry and ministry altogether, please. What you're doing is very, very serious, very serious, and a lot of people have failed these kids, but do not fail them in this, okay? So in, sorry to drop a serious bomb there, but (laughs) regardless of, like, seriously, like, regardless of what you try to teach them, your programs, your trips, your speakers, your... Whatever, that's all bullcrap compared to this truth. There is no power in youth ministry apart from this truth. If you forget that, you're disqualified. Remind yourself of it. Remind them of it. Have them do things like we do in our youth group. Um, Every six months I do a gospel talk. Sometimes I'll have somebody come and do it for me, like Richie's done one for me. Dennis Lewis, you know, he's done one for me. Once we stop and we say, it's gospel talk night. They just share the clear gospel. And at the end of it, we say, in 10 words or less, what is the gospel? All right. um, other things that I do in uh, Alabama, this is where I learned how to do this. Um, I just got really neck deep into the science of youth ministry. And I'm, like, listen to way too much White Horse and, and Christian Smith and all kinds of stuff. And it's like, so I just made these surveys and I had 10 questions on these surveys. And to try to get a bearing on where my kids were, Uh, or have questions like, what's your favorite song, what's your favorite album, what's your favorite movie, what apps are you using, and it's like 10 questions, but number seven was the most important, and it was in one sentence, tell me what is the gospel. Um, The first time that we did that, I think it was like maybe 10% of the kids could actually tell me pieces of the gospel. Number one answer, first four books of the New Testament. Um... Figure out where your kids are. Where they are in like in understanding what the gospel is and being able to communicate it to you and to others is going to help you with this heading of vision. If you're talking to your seniors and you're asking them, maybe you give them a survey and you say, Hey, just fill this out, it's anonymous. You know, just like and one of those questions is just, what is the gospel? And no one can tell you. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. I'm just kidding. Check, seriously, like, check your, like, really, really, really way what, what in the world you're doing in youth ministry. We really do. And I I know this sounds really hard. I just want to be very honest with you. I don't want to waste your time. If you have no other heading in ministry, preach the gospel. So today what we're going to go through is uh, basically three things. Um, and if you notice the weird things, I, I don't know why. I, anyway, A <laughs> set <laughs> Assess your situation. I didn't notice this until I, this afternoon when I wrote this. Um, we're going to assess your situation. How do you assess where you are in youth ministry? This is a, something you can use in church at large. If you're a, a pastor of your church, take this and use it however it's, ple- it's, it's really served me well. Uh, how to strategize and then how to start. Boots on the ground. How do you do that? How do you implement the vision that you've come across and, and you've discovered? Um, so let me, let me share you a story with you. Uh, when I was a kid, I grew up on a horse farm. We had like a bunch of acreage and whatnot. And this one particular time, my mom got this new horse, uh, Buttermilk. And she was a delightful horse, but quite skittish. In the morning, my mom goes out to try to ride it. And my mom is like this weird romantic. So she tries to get up on the horse sideways. You know, like you see in those movies with the legs along <laughs> down. And uh, my dad had gotten her an English saddle goes out and, and riding on the on the field goes up this one hill and the horse jumps and she flies up and goes back and falls back and i don't think she she didn't huge the injury but she got this huge like bruise on her side and i'm like i'm gonna go tame that horse and i go out get on the same exact horse and i'm riding it the right way go up the same hill and i fall out on the other side and so at night at dinner uh we're all sitting around and my dad's like yeah that kind of sucks should we get rid of buttermilk And uh, i like, no, she's beautiful. It's a great horse. Like, there's nothing wrong with buttermilk. Dad said, well, what can we learn from this? And my mom said, I'm never riding side saddle. And I was like, buttermilk's a hard horse. And he said, no, here's what you learn. If you don't have a direction, the horse will choose it for you. In ministry, if you don't have a direction, it will be chosen for you. And it's not going to be pretty. If you choose to just ride the wave and not make plans and vision you're going to go in a bad direction. My dad also said, here's the reality too, both sides of the horse are dangerous. So if you go on one side to ride the wave, that's very dangerous. Like Jesus takes the wheel and you don't make a decision, bad things will happen. But if you over-strategize, you overdo your vision, that's dangerous too. So how do we find balance? And that's what we're going to talk about today. So assessing your situation. I think the churches. Are broken up into three main parts. Um, the first one is community. This is, I'm not gonna go super into Biblical, to Greek, and Koinonese, and all that other, stuff. So, like I'm just gonna give you kind of like a, an idea so that you can understand what I'm explaining to you. A community is this, community is sharing that which we have in common together. Krishan and I, like pasta, <laughs> de pepe, we, that is community, we share, like some anybody an Alabama fan. You're so ashamed of yourself. <laughs> you should go to Adam Copik's talk. Um, right. So, if you're you're interested in football, you cut your beard the same way. You have four kids. Like you, you have this or that. These are things we have in common together, right? Now, this is a really important and vital part of church life. The second piece is fellowship. Interchangeably, you see community and fellowship interchangeable, like those that wording within um, scripture. But for these purposes, I'm going to dis- give a distinctive to both of them. If community is sharing that which you have in common together, fellowship is sharing that which you have in common with Christ together. Okay? So we're fellow fellows in this, and so it's not that we just we have football in common. It's like I grew up in this one church at the fellowship hall, and it's when you go in and you talk about stuff you have in common together, but rarely do you ever talk about Jesus. Rarely do you talk about spiritual things. It shouldn't be called the fellowship hall. It should be called a country club. Right? And a lot of churches, that's really where they land, is just doing good community. Thirdly, after fellowship, what you have is ministry or mission. If community is sharing that which we have in common together, fellowship is sharing that which we have in common together when, with Christ, then mission is sharing that which we have in common together with Christ, with the world. Does that make sense? And so most churches, they're in youth groups uh, particularly, um, they fall in, in one of these categories more strongly than the other generally. Sometimes you may, you may um, I go, in, and I think you should do this too, uh, every year you need to go to a different youth group and you need to follow them around, the youth pastor. What I do, I call them benchmark trips. Uh, a really intelligent business guy told me to do this about eight, nine years ago. Um, What you do is you call up somebody. I literally Google uh, reformed PCA churches with schools, and look at search it out. And I go and call that person and say, "Okay, here's the deal. Give me uh, a Sunday to a Wednesday to to see your program. Any meals we eat, I'll pay for. Find me a place to stay, and I'll pay for my place, like my my travel to get there. Um, And all I want to do is follow you around and just." chase your dreams and understand your vision see how you implement it, Right, Guys, I don't care how much college or seminary you went to, that is infinitely more valuable than any class I've ever taken. It just is. To see it, to see how the boots hit the ground in a different context and steal their ideas. Steal them. And tell them, I'm stealing them. Can I call you when the crap hits the fan? Wouldn't you be like, yeah, take it. That's, that's awesome. Take it. I mean, how would you feel if somebody came to you and said, hey, you've got a similar demographic to me. Can I come and check out your church and just see how you do things? Some of you may be terrified, and that's okay. But even if you feel like you're failing, there are things to learn. So constantly become a learner. Be a student of youth ministry. Be a student of the ministries you're associated with. Go and use this prism. When you walk in and see how the, the youth group is experiencing community, do they get, do a game? Which you should all be doing games. Youth ministry ain't fun. You're not doing a good job. Do something fun that builds story with the kids. Do things that build story and integrate your adults and your leaders. If you were in uh, Scott's talk, like I really wanted to hear that talk because I need to grow in how to build that volunteer team too. Um, and that's a really important thing. But how do those volunteers integrate into your youth ministry? How are they making it a safe place? How are they sharing their story and their, like who they are in that story? And then you analyze and you say they're going into small groups. How are they talking about Jesus together? How are they sharing sin together? How are they doing this? And you're just analyzing. And then ministry mission, what does a youth pastor say? Hey, invite your friends. It's a great night to hear a gospel talk. Like it's gospel night. Invite your friends or... How do you see them investing in their community? Do they go out every Wednesday to a separate area in you know, the community? What, what do they do? And you analyze that. And here's the thing. As you're analyzing that, you are holding it up against what you're doing in a healthy way. You're not comparing yourself. You're just saying, man, what are they doing that could really work here? Like, This is humble wisdom is what this is. It's counting the cost what the battle's going to cost before you jump in and watch somebody who's already in battle in Europe before you do it. And so these are beautiful ways to do that. So community is sharing that which we have in common together. Fellowship is sharing what we have in common to Christ. And then mission ministry is sharing what we have in common with the world. This is a way to assess where you are. right? Um, so let me pair it into some other categories for you. Uh, This is kind of the who you be, I guess you could say. Um, In community, you share sports, fun retreats, game nights, hangouts, one-on-ones, scavenger hunts, color wars, ski trips, group games, uh, Xbox, yes, Xbox. Play Xbox and don't be afraid of it. Just don't play it too much. I've shared the gospel and led a kid to Christ playing Xbox. You can do that. It's okay. Uh, And that's community the next fellowship in prayer D groups Bible study small groups accountability hearing people's testimony so important in your youth programs you need to expose kids to, to testimonies of people in your church not just your testimony I'm sure it's great but it'll get annoying to they keep hearing about it um, joining adult groups bearing burdens spiritual gifts training camps uh, RYM if you don't go to RYM camps you need to go to RYM camps uh, They just they do that easy and they pay for great interns to do that for you Uh, to reach being ushers greeters community cleanups good news community that's a local place in our town uh, that just works with inner city uh, people joint youth meetings become friends with your local youth pastors steal their ideas like don't be so proud to think that you know how to recreate the wheel perfectly you don't Uh, figure it out like Homeless shelters, lifestyle, evangelism, this is a separate talk I'll do it all where at R-W-M-R, open small groups, music ministry, discipling younger kids, prayer, teaching, missions, tutoring. It's how do you take what you're learning and you um, push that out, and you push the kids out to go and, and do that mission. Is everybody with me so far? A lot of this is like not new stuff at all, right? At all. It's just a different way to look at it, and I guarantee you, you're all doing some of this if not all of this and i'm sure you're killing it way better than i ever could okay so the next thing is how do you start all right and this is really fun and again this is only this is just a a simple way to skin a cat this is what i've done take it leave it whatever you you know whatever you want to do uh what i will do is i will basically try to find a team that i love and that they love me and we have trust when you're building teams and you're thinking about like, okay, who who do I who do I integrate in? Uh, just remember this: that love equals care, and care equals time. So who do you find spending a lot of time with you, investing in ministry, or thinking about ministry with you? Who's already doing that? And then who do you find great value in spending that type of time with? Because time does equal care, and care does equal love. So find people that really love you and want to invest. Get those people together, the ones that love your kids, small group leaders, uh, adults that are chaperones. Somebody that's been a chaperone a while back, there's an old guy, he's one of our elders, he's like 87 or whatever. Um, And he's like, Chris, I am am boring. I'm like, yes, you are, Bob. Let's just be honest. And he's like, but I got $2,000 I'll give you. I'm like, I'll take it. You're on my money team, Bob. And he's like, what's the money team? I'm like, when you're on session, all you're doing for me One job. You are thinking of how you can advocate for us to get more money for my program. That's all you're doing. When you're discussing budgets, you always ask the question, hey, does the youth ministry need more money for this? I think they do. Do y'all know what Chris is doing over there? He's just advocating for you. That's it. He He loves me to death. He loves my family. He actually invites them into his home, and we've broken so much crap through the years. It's like our tab is through the roof. But he just still loves us. It's find those people that care. They don't have to be the people that are like, they are your baller testimony givers or your baller small group leaders or whatever. I mean, when you get weird people that are like, hey, uh, I'm going to lead a middle school boy small group. It's like, no, you're going to be on my prayer team. You know what the prayer team is, right? <laughs> All right. It's the most important team. <laughs> you're just dying to have people. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, but here's, here's what I, where I want to lead you. Okay, you find and you gather these people together, and you're going to create two separate groups. One group is your entire youth group, depending on its size. You may have to break this up if it's much larger to a middle school and a high school group and do this separately, so you'll have three groups in that case. One group is like a leadership team. If you've already got one, if you've come to Wild a number of years, you've heard this is a really valuable important thing, a leadership team that helps you make decisions. I call them the, the people that tell, help me not do stupid crap. That's what that team does. They don't have any authority. They don't vote on anything. They advise and they talk and they pray and they advocate, right? You gather them together and you get in a room and you ask them these three questions and you make categories. And you say, "Okay, who are we? We are who? Like, what are we?" And when like for instance, when a kid comes into the youth building and they're brand new, what do they experience? That's who you are is what they experience, right? And you just go down the list. Um, you're gonna like. What are some things you would say about your youth group? Who are who is your youth group? Hello. There are things we could probably all relate. Kid walks in. What do they experience in your youth group? A place that's safe and have fun. Safe, have fun. Yeah. What's something else? Friendly. Friendly. That's right. Yeah. Great. What's something else? Hang out and get to know each other. Good place to hang out and get to know each other a the of beer. Where's, what's another thing? Vibes. Weird. What? Weird. 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 Amen, brother. Yeah. Me too. There's chaos. Lots of chaos. That's a good ministry right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about negative things? Lame. Yeah, I don't know who said it, but amen, mine too. What's another negative thing? Too small. It's too small. Uh, y'all need to hang out with your Young Life leaders. I'm not saying adopt their theology or whatever if they have that in your their location. A lot of places they don't. Um, or it's just really, you know. Anyway, um, hang out with your Young Life leaders. as something I've learned from my young, young Life leader, Cody. who's become a really good friend. Uh, is like 19 is the number, y'all. At 19, it is a party. At 19, standing in front of a group is not weird anymore. At 19, you can turn on music and get the kids involved. But under 19 is a small group. And that's where you need to t- pare, pare it down a little bit, um, and so just analyze yourself. Next thing is knowledge: what do your kids know? What knowledge do they carry? Are they really good at like um, at understanding the gospels and just the harmony of the gospels? Are they really did, did your children's ministry director really get good teachers in place that catechize them really effectively? Uh, do they know a lot of things because they go to to Christian? Like how many? Of you have a lot of kids that go to a Christian middle school, high school. Okay, so do do they attend a Christian high school? Do you have a buttload of homeschool kids? Like, do you have like what do you have? Do you have like the leader of the FCA student FCA whatever? Do you have like the leader? Like, what do you have? And what do they know about Christianity and about the world? Right. So, what are things you would say that your kids know? What knowledge do they have, or they could have? It's maybe hard. This is the hardest one for us leaders to answer. (laughs) Do what? They 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 know TikTok. I thought you said techno. I'm like, where the (laughs) crap? (laughs) You're serving Europe. I get it. TikTok. Yeah, media. This is knowledge adjacent, but uh, just extracurriculars across the board. They know how to do everything, even like sports and you name it. You got That's awesome. Yeah, stats and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. They, they know adults are fallible. Oh at yeah. This point. Amen. <laughs> I hope you didn't, You know that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what other Bible things do they know? What do you feel like they're taught? on like grace, sin, hell. Heaven. I think they they've kind of retained all of the big stories they were they learned as kids. Yeah. Oh no, it's our like rainbows, you know yeah. that kind of King David. Oh boy, okay. and then it kind of drops off. Yeah. You know the right answers. Yeah. Know the Jesus. right answers. Yeah. I can relate to you guys heavily on that. Um, so, discover what you think they know. That's really important to lead a Bible study, right? Like, what do you already know? Um, and then the last portion is who do they know? <clears throat> who do they hang out with? What's their network? Where do you think your kids hang out? Do they go to the max after school every day? Say by the beltway. Like, mm-hmm. where do they go? Like, are most of them on there? Like, right now we're in a season. Where we got tons of middle school basketball players, and we got tons of really nerdy anime-loving high schoolers. Like, okay, well, who do you know? Um, who do your kids know? Who do they hang out with a lot? Each other. Each other. Yeah. It's another one. Who do teammates. your kids know? Huh? Teammates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, teammates. Yeah. Suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, and so you're just basically assessing with this team. Like this is going to really bear a lot, I think, and reveal a lot about what we do and don't know about our kids. And knowing a lot of these things is really going to help you in making a vision and a picture for the future and how to execute that vision in the future. You see that, right? Like just knowing. And this is just a way to have a group think about how to do it. You can do this with a large church too. I've sat down with a number of churches and pastors and said, Do you know these things about your your church? Like a lot of them just don't. They're not thinking in these terms. They're trying to figure out and turn out what's the next sermon series I got to do. Um, And so just take, you know, an extra step deeper. After you've done that, and I'm saying do it with all three groups, you can do this with youth. To invite a youth into the story of what's going on and who they are is actually a really beautiful thing. And if you're like, man, my youth group's too big, there's like 50 or 60 kids. I did this with 300 students in our Christian school uh, six months ago. And it was great. Uh, what was funny is, just like with you, they only named positive things the whole time. And so I came back, and I was like, hey, we forgot humility. We're humble. Aren't Aren't you guys you know, humble? There's nothing bad about us. <laughs> and they're like, uh, we're not humble. Bingo. <laughs> right there. Um, you can do this with a lot of kids. You know, I'm not saying, I'm not some wizard of wrangling children. I'm not, you know. But to to build it up in a in a way that's healthy and serious, like Walt Mueller said a number of years ago at one of these things, um, come out at some point and say, "Hey, can I talk to you guys like an adult conversation? Can I invite you into something more serious?" And I really want to know your heart on this. And you can do it. You can just ask for it. Be sincere and ask for it. Um, you go through and you do that with both groups don't share your results with the other group don't tell the kids what the adults said and don't tell the adults what the kids said then you're gonna go through in the same meeting and say okay we've done who are we how much knowledge what's our knowledge and who do we know now we're gonna look at the future knowing who we are currently now we're gonna look at the future are y'all okay with that you wanna look at the future again and you're answering these questions. Well, who do we want to be? When a kid comes into the youth program, what do we want them to see? What do we want them to experience? How do we want to be perceived? Like, if, if some of you may have older kids that are in the youth group or maybe you move to a new church, how do you want them to be received when they come in? Like, what do you want them to, see, to, to sense and feel and hear, talk about? Like, what do you think? Like, what are some things you would want for your your youth program, what do you want them to be? Throw those out to me, what do you want them? Welcoming. Welcoming? Empathetic. <laughs> All right, we're going to do, I'm going to teach you another exercise. Um, I, w- I write horribly, I'm a college dropout, I get it, don't remind me. Um, welcoming, would you say, empathetic? Empathetic. Yeah. What's another thing, throw it out there. Committed. Yeah. Excited. Yes, please. It's another thing. Encouraging. Oh yeah. What's no? Somebody said something else to you. I'm sorry. Engaged. Engaged. Yeah. Worth their time. Oh yes, more and more. That's huge. Okay, what's something else. Lower a low expectation. <laughs> you have a hard job. <laughs> Lowered expectations. Oh man, these are so great. Thank you. Okay, and the next block is grow. How do you want to see these kids grow and when you ask the kids, how do you want to grow, kids? What do you want? What do you want to grow in? I mean, number one answer for most of every youth ministry, if you part of, it, is Revelation! How's it all end? Like, that's a great thing. Write it up there. That's awesome. If you want to know how it ends? I do too. Let's, let's go through it. So, what about you? What do you want your kids to grow in? Self reflection. Oh, gosh. Yes. Growing how they love others. Yeah. Ask questions. Yes, please. Something else? Babe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Something else? Kindness. kindness. All right, kindness, I heard, what was the other one? Love themselves. What's another one? Honesty. Oh, yeah. Okay, you're kind of getting a picture. And if you're a, if you're a teacher or a pastor, you're looking at this grow and you're like, this gives me good stuff to, to find a bearing on how I had to teach. What I have to do. All right, the next one is reach. Who do you want to reach? What do you want? Who do you want? And this is a place where you can say like uh, the food pantry. Uh, this um, this could be the, the the youth club that does tutoring. This could be the everybody on the basketball team. I mean, but who do you want your kids to reach? Throw it out there. Teammates. Yeah. Okay, something else. Kids with special needs. Yeah. Underappreciated <laughs> ministry right there. Okay. Uh, Walk ins Yeah. Amen, brother. Mm-hmm. We do a thing in our youth group that's called Look at the Door. And I just can't honestly refer back to it. And it's, uh, we have like a mantra, which this would be fun for everyone mm-hmm. to do. We have a, a saying that we repeat. It's, I'm not my own. I was bought with a price, and they repeat it after me. Um, and the ping pong table belongs to the church. That's our saying. And it's just one of those things. So we also say, look at the door. So when you walk in, look and see who else is coming in, because you're not the center of this world. You need to be serving others. So walk-ins is huge. You get a kid to do that, you got to rock and use ministry. What's another thing? To reach. Other students within the church that don't go. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What would you call that? Shorten that. Um, Disengaged. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, some, one or two more. Other generations. Multi generations? Multi-generation? Yeah. yeah. Families. And families. The guys that walk our church parking lot to play basketball. Oh. Neighbors? Yeah, neighbors. The oh yeah, yeah. The Ballers, the ballers. <laughs> <laughs> it Sounds like a small group name. Um, okay, when you now after you do this with both of those groups, with the adults and with the students, you look at them and you say, okay, does everybody agree? You know, do we do we agree? Um, I sat with a guy who he is hired by like Microsoft, HP, all these huge, huge companies, um, and he asked me the question, how do, you, how do you figure out where you are in ministry, and I shared this with him, and he's like, oh my gosh, and he went through the exact same thing. That's a, this is exactly what they do for big companies, and I didn't realize, it. I'm not tooting on horn. own um, like it. this is just something to find organization and he's like just the focus on this part when you look back at the big story of who you are as an organization a company a ministry whatever and you're actually looking it over he said that's beautiful you're looking at yourself isn't that great here's what I need to do what are the top five things on this list and we have to agree on them any problem or all three Whole thing. Love others. Does anybody else agree or disagree with that? Love others. I agree with love others. <laughs> yeah, Not sorry. that love others is important, but that love others should be a priority. Top 5 yeah, That's yeah. gotta For be top, top, five. Five. top five. For all three or top five, with any raise your hand yeah. if love others should so, be in the top five. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll take that. <laughs> Alright, what's another one? Faith. Faith. You. If You're faith right. is on the list, You're falling right into my plan. <laughs> What's another one? Well, empathy. Empathy. If you think empathy should be on there, what do you think? Is that too no, close to love? It's, it's It is. is. Mm-hmm. Generations. Generations. If you feel like generations, and we can argue about it, if you want, if you're like, no, nah, not <laughs> <laughs> no. Nah. Committed. I think committed should be on All right, committed. One brother in the back. <laughs> I'm, I'm committed to it. You are committed to it. <laughs> I don't think no it way, made the list. No, what can we What's can say just committed to the broader body of Christ at large, or not specifically, like, to youth group itself. Right, committed right, right. To committed to the, the church. body of Christ. Yeah, yeah. With a broadened definition, yeah. has anybody changed their book to a yay? For the sake of time, let's say. I don't even know where it is. Okay. The... okay, yeah. Welcoming. Uh, Welcoming. Okay, anybody else with welcoming, agree, disagree? That, walk, that, love that, love. that feels like, like an extension of love. love others. Whenever we start with <laughs> 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 Last one, and everyone has you know, to agree, or we are going them. nowhere. We gotta reach. We gotta do reach, reach gotta the reach category. Yeah. Okay. Disengaged. Yeah, Anybody is disengaged, engaged. kids, uh, in your no. youth group? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Really? <laughs> the broad <laughs> of neighbor. Yeah, the broad, definition of neighbor. Yeah, the theological neighbor. Yeah, <laughs> but it's still, we still need to read. it. Primarily, <laughs> we need to do I shouldn't <laughs> read anymore. <All> right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's do this. Let's, let's do this. I'll go down and I'll name them and when I say it, you raise your hand. Teammates on sports, special needs ministries, walk-ins, I can't read my Disengage writing. Right. Disengage <laughs> kids. <laughs> Generations, old people, families, Neighbors. Neighbors wins. Congratulations. Okay. The first time you do this, this is exactly the slope you will see, especially with your kids. What's also going to happen is with your adults, they are going to over-theologize and, like, they are suffering pedantics like crazy. I'm a pedantic for saying that word. I mean, someone who likes to express their knowledge, right? Um, Who was it? King Louis that was a suffering pedantic? anyway. I'm a pedantic for even saying that, too. But um, older people tend to say things like, we desire them to grow in a reformed faith and to depend on Christ regardless. And it's like, yeah, that doesn't preach well to kids. Like This message and vision is not for you, parents. It's for your kids. So that's certainly what happens. And it's always like this for the adults and the kids, that who we want to be is much bigger list than who we want to reach. That is a symptom of something. Generally, you are much more concerned about yourself than others, aren't you? Mm-hmm. I am, and that's a symptom. Now, over time, as you do this, you will see whoosh, the slant, and that is a gauge for success and growth. You see that when you start thinking about others, you're like, oh, your kids are ah, I want to, I, I want them to know the gospel. I want them to know what's going on. Uh, just to give you a story, the first time we did this, I don't know, it was seven years ago, I don't remember. We went through a million things. Like my kids had such a hard time discerning like who they are, and we had to like help them, and and that's okay. You have to help them. You've got to have kind of some some cannon fodder to the side to throw into some of these and just like coerce an agreement that yes, we struggle with pride, or yes, we're not welcoming, or whatever, and we want to be these things. Um, so we went through it, and what we found was welcoming was on Hey, congratulations, guys. Welcoming was on the list. Uh, the way that they wanted to grow was in lifestyle evangelism. Um, and the people they wanted to reach were uh, low income food preparation companies. <laughs> 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 Which is funny because it was a joke that a kid threw out, and he was like, Waffle House! We want to reach Waffle House! Which you had a ton in them all down? Okay. So here's what we did. We went through, and those were the top three we circled. right? And I, I went through 15, 10, 5, 3. And you had to circle the top out of each of those, right? from 15 down to 3. And we erased everything else on the board. And what we did was I threw a marker to a senior, and I said, I'm taking all the leaders to get ice cream. Do not come out of this room until you give me a vision statement. <laughs> We went to go get ice cream at Jeans Beans. but came back about 45 minutes later, and they're still in there, like, looking at the board and, like, writing things out, and they're talking. <sighs> How does that make you feel? Throw, throw it out there. How does that make you feel? It's encouraged. Yeah. It makes me feel like they're now committed. Yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. you. And they're welcoming and loving love. <laughs> In a sense, yes. Yeah. They're welcome, but they're doing the work. They have low Look. expectations. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, listen, your job is not to go share the gospel with every kid in this world. Your job is to go share the gospel with the kids in your youth group. Equip them to do that work, and send their buds out there to do it. Right. And this is a pathway of doing that. If they don't know the gospel, who gives a crap how good your food is? Who gives a crap what kind of programs you can do? I don't care how good RYM is. If they don't preach the gospel, I'm not going. You should feel that way too. And when kids come to this, it's moving them somewhere, isn't it? What do you want to do with your neighbors? Share the gospel, somehow. That's the question. How do we connect the gospel to our neighbors? How do we do that, right? And you're asking these questions. And they're gonna reveal this to you. Over the years, you'll start seeing the slant change, right? And I'll do this. So what we ended up doing after our thing, we wanted to be welcoming, lifestyle evangelism, and uh, waffle house. Um, the, this is one of those things where I'm like, how? Like, you come back in, they worked out their vision statement. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was it was beautiful and simple, way different than what the adults had come up with. And I was like, I told them, you're fired. Um. Well, they came up with this beautiful picture of how we ought to function within our youth ministry. That Wednesday nights for, for, were for training in lifestyle evangelism. And so we would say, hey, if you want to take your faith seriously, come on Wednesday nights. It's going to be harder. It's not as much fun. If you want to take your faith more seriously, we're going to learn how to do lifestyle evangelism. We're going to learn how to be welcoming, right? And we're going to talk about our neighbors. In some way, we're going to. I don't know how it's going to work, but we're going to do it. Then on Sunday nights, if you want to reach your neighbors... Sunday night just becomes this open night. We open up our church and our youth building and you just come and have fun. And we we took Walt Mueller's, you know, the book he's giving out. You need to get that because it has, like, the four little things for discerning, like, media and art and all that stuff. I went through that literally for, like, three years. I would listen to a song, like, have y'all heard John Wayne Gacy Jr. Bless of time Stevens? Look, look beneath the floorboards and see the secrets I have hid. And it's like you go through a song and you share and you're asking like what does it make you feel do you have stuff between like under your floorboards what do you think yeah yeah and you hear people's stories and it draws the community in to this gospel conversation so here's what happened i'm sorry i may cry about this um so what we discovered with our team was uh we cannot any longer on Wednesday nights if you want to take your faith seriously it cannot stay in the church sorry your building is obsolete it just is Um, I've also found this just as a side note if you have kids that are really numb because they go to Christian schools homeschools they've been inundated with like spiritualism and stuff like that uh, which is very common um, they will not be revived and rejuvenated within the walls of the church they will only do it serving others and seeing how the gospel impacts people in the real world. So telling stories and trying to massage in Nehemiah, that's great, do that in Sunday school. Please do, but as fast as you can, you have to get those kids outside. You've gotta get them engaging with people who are lost. You've gotta have that those conversations. They need to see you man up and share the gospel with a lost person. One of the most impactful conversations I ever had was in, so strange, I pull up in a gas station. I take this guy, Joe, home, and he lives like 45 minutes away. And I already reconciled. I want to disciple him. So I chose to, to do, drive him home in Tucson, which is a particular part of Tucson's really shady. And we stopped in this gas station. I throw in my debit card after I've swiped for the gas. I'm like, go get me a Fiji water and some puffcorn, Betty. And he's like, all right. And that's kind of our thing. He goes in and I. He starts to turn around, and I, I perceive, I haven't told him my, my four-digit code or whatever for my debit card, and I'm like, yo, Joe, and he's like, yeah, and he, he <laughs> runs back, I give him my number, and he runs in to get PuffCorn and VGY. Um. About a minute later, I'm pump, pumping gas, and this homeless guy comes and he's like, did you say Jeff? Jeff, I'm Jeff, and I was like, oh, what? No? Oh, I'm sorry, bro. I thought you said Jeff. I was <laughs> like, hey, Jeff. Jeff. Ah. So I finished pumping gas. I go up to the building where Jeff is sitting down. He's got this crappy three-string three guitar. Uh, not by choice. And just picking around. I'm like, Jeff, tell me your story, man. What's up? And he starts telling the story. He actually lived in Nashville before I try to make it in music. He followed a girl out to Tucson. He gets there. She's surprised he's there. She doesn't let him in over the past three months he's been living outside in Tucson that's not fun I start weeping Joe comes out hey Chris here's your tip cool. what's going on and Jeff starts crying too I'm like Jeff I am so sorry the world kind of sucks doesn't it he's like it does man women suck no <laughs> offense like women suck yeah can I pray for you Jeff Just love on you. Come here, Joe. Give him a big hug and pray for him. Joe's crying. (laughs) Okay, like, get out of your church. Get out as fast as you can. There's death there. (laughs) Get out. Be working in this direction. If your vision doesn't include you getting out and actually doing something with your faith, your faith is worth crap. Get out, okay? Now, for the, the youth group back in Alabama, what we discovered was we really had an affinity for Waffle House. And there's like six of them. So what we do, we had about 30 kids that would come every Wednesday. And on a, just a, a wing and a prayer, I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. I need six to eight adults who are competent to come in. And I did this training just called Lifestyle Evangel- Evangelism. Uh, it's like basically how to make a friend and how to ask somebody to pray for them. And we did that for four weeks in a row. Then we broke up on the fifth week. We broke everybody up into small groups, and we had an adult drive to a different Waffle House in our town, left the church. Um, while you're there, you go in and you order your meal, and we went through this thing like, intro, get to know, uh, relatio, gospello follow, which means follow up. It made some bullcrap or whatever that made sense to me. Um, but it's been really helpful. Um, it's get to know your waiter or waitress. Hey, what's up? How's your night going, man? You got a long, you got a long night tonight. And then it's just introduce yourself. Yeah, my name's Chris. Thanks for waiting on us. That's so nice. Uh, get to know them. So tell me about your life when they come over. When they're serving food or they're asking, what's your life like outside of here? Then you're you're, you're just going through the path, and eventually you're saying, hey, um, Flo, we're about to pray for the meal. What's one way we can pray for you? Um. Like the the plethora of stories, here. I don't know if any of you do that. Like I do that with my family now, because I just I just love the experience of my kids asking that question. Um. To see a kid say, "Hey, Regina, my name's Jim, How can we pray for you?" Over the me of me, it's awkward as crap. and you know, it's they, they, just like it'll be for you. When that person actually breaks and says, "Why would you want to pray for me? We're we're Christians and we pray for people." I think that's right. <laughs> and they actually share, they share stories. And then your kids pray and they stand there, and they pray with you. Like, what do you think that does to the soul of kid? Soften the Uh, we grew from probably 30 kids to around 60 kids. Um, Sunday night was still kind of the big night, but they all wanted to come and experience what was happening. Isn't that what a lot of your kids are chasing the experience? They want to feel? I'd say, that's okay, give it to them, but push them in the right direction, have a direction to go, get on the horse, point to the direction, do it. Um, eventually we had uh, maybe three or four people that visited our church, they were Waffle House workers. We had one uh, girl, Charlie. Man, she connected so well to one of these ladies who had lost her daughter. And Charlie became her little little daughter. And this woman had said, you know, like Charlie just intuitively said, hey, what did the 12-year-old you want to be? She said, oh, a photographer. So for her birthday, Charlie brought her a photo out. Fill it up. I want to know. I want to see your heart in this. You never know where your kids are going to go. You don't. You don't know. Like, it's so hard to discern what's within a kid, how the Spirit's working. When you see that compassion grow like that, it's beautiful. I mean, it's beautiful. Um, The following year, we continued to go to Waffle House, but we kind of shifted a little bit. And so the people we want to reach were um, the Rotary Youth Club. That was where basically all of the black families and drug addict families, they sent their kids for tutoring. And we want to be at the Rotary Youth Club. Um, so we're like, okay, let's start praying. I don't know, March 4th? You want know that to be the first one? And we looked through the calendar and said, March 4th, let's pray for that day. And they're like, okay, that's weird. Uh, I went straight to the Rotary Youth. It like four uh, months earlier and um, went to the director and said, hey, uh, we'd like to do youth at 5 o'clock. You end at 445. We just want to do our program, youth program here, and get kind of outside of our church. There's a lot of traffic there, and just, we just want a chill place to do it. And the ladies like, absolutely not. And We continued to pray, continued to pray. Um, in February, the middle of February, we got a note that that director had been fired and the new director had been hired. Um, I go back up with Rick Skinner, one of our elders, and I'm like, hey, you know, we're thinking about... Doing a youth thing up here at the Rotary, and she's like, Stop it right there. Yes. When can you start? And I said, You tell me. And she's like, What about March 4th? <laughs> I was like, Rick, I gotta go cry. I'm sorry. So we started meeting at the Rotary Club. And all these kids that are just so, man, it's it, like, it's a beautiful thing if you've done like inner city type of ministries, but it's a beautiful thing when you tell your youth. We are not their savior. They are our future best friends. These are the people that are going to be in your wedding. These are the people that you're going to marry. These are the people that you're going to love on, and they're going to help you repair the roof on your house. You're going to help them repair the roof on their house. We're getting enough friends here. We're not the savior here. You started going to the Rotary Youth Club. I mean, sharing stories and just hearing, and, and just just like dialogue. That's my style of tape. Like, tell me what you're thinking. Where are you Come on, pull it out. Hearing their stories, and then our kids share it. We started doing small groups. It's about six months in, just after that next following summer, you know what we started doing? Sending kids out of the roller club to the Waffle House with our kids. I'm like, oh my gosh. Then their kids used to would come up and they would come to Christ and they would share their testimonies. And then once a month, they would come over on Sunday nights. They'd bring this huge bus. Bring all the kids and they jump out and all of our kids run up to them. And I mean it's like this beautiful picture of heaven. The busload of new dead people. <laughs> hey, you're here. You're here. I mean hearing stories like I would never come to a church with a bunch of white folks like this ever in my life. This is crazy. I mean you're seeing you're seeing this path, you're seeing things that are going on. Now I don't know what is gonna go on in your church. I don't know what your context is. I can't speak to that. What I can say is this. Uh, your kids will be very concerned with who they who they are. Um, but over time, if you are really leaning into this, it's going to give you a bearing for how you ought to teach, how you ought to do community, how you ought to do your Wednesday, Sunday nights, whatever, your midweek, whatever you do. It's going to give you a bearing for Sunday school, especially in this one. But I think you're going to learn a lot more about the things they think they know about it themselves that they actually don't. Um, and then this is the place where the life is really going to. It's really going to blossom out because a lot of your kids, especially in PCA, Presbyterian churches, your kids already know probably more than most of you. Like They just do at their age if they grew up in it. Um, so it's one of those things like you, you get them outside of the church. The thing they don't know is awkwardness trying to share the faith. You to scare the crap out of a kid? Put them out there to share their faith or just love on somebody who's different, right? Uh, and just move towards that. Is that does it make sense to everybody? I'm just giving some rough ideas. Um you have any questions or thoughts? Is this helpful? To, yeah, Scott. How often do you do this with your group? Do you reevaluate? Six months. Yeah. I mean, I generally have a rule where I, if we make a decision as a team, um, maybe y'all ever read like Jeff Bezos when, when I, I can't remember the name of the book. Anyway, he's got this idea of disagree and commit. Even if you disagree with the idea, but everybody on your team is agreement, you disagree with it, but you commit like it's your idea. Um, We do that about every six months because we may need to stretch it out for Tucson I still don't understand the culture there well, but for Alabama and the South, it was like every six months is good. And then you reevaluate and you show a picture. Like I told you, don't show the results to either group. Go back to the parents later in another meeting and say, how do you think the kids voted? And you show them the picture of how the kids did and what their mission statement is and then let them just sit in their shame of overshooting expectations or whatever, and then show the kids, hey, here's what the parents said. Okay, here's what happened to us four years into doing this. Um, Did both of those, went back to the parents, and I did this whole thing with the parents after the kids, and they matched. Their top three matched. That's a symptom of something, too. We understand each other. And how often do you not feel understood by the adults in your church or they don't know what's going on? Or they don't know the needs of the church or the needs of the youth group, and they'll start to match, and that's really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So by parents, you mean all the parents. A good number of parents. I don't. Yeah. I quit doing parent meetings because yeah. I would only get like three parents—the parents that don't need to be there. You know? Yeah. 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 Because they're already 100. Yeah. Yeah. And I would go back to uh, uh, Scott's talk earlier about volunteers. I have a feeling he talked a good bit about how to assemble a team, um, but find those people that you trust to get it. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Can you affirm me? Was this okay for y'all? Was this good, yeah. helpful? That's good. Um, yeah. What are some practical ways of doing like outreach? I mean, I have tried doing like after school or some different ways, but in your experience, what would be very helpful way to get them out there and yeah. you know, like experience and you know, share? And you, you sort of mentioned, but yeah, more any details. Um, this is that's a great question. Yeah. Um, if you are not friends with the youth pastors in your town, shame on you. Go to them and steal their ideas. Say, "What do you do? How do you do it?" Um, and and really invest in other people's great ideas. <laughs> There's no shame in that, man. You're, we're trying to reach. Same team, same boat. Yeah, like get together with them and partner. And, and figure, that's what I would initially. Google is a wonderful Holy Spirit of the culture. I, I'd go to Google and hey ministry opportunities in x town uh, you know even if they're secular i really don't care i mean i tell our team i'm not trying to get into the christian gospel center soup kitchen i don't really care about that the rotary youth club is a city organization that doesn't allow religion right and so we wanted to go after a place that didn't allow the gospel in the place so that we could bring that um, and I'm not saying if, if you go to the Christian organization, you you should shame yourself. You shouldn't. Like take a step, move towards it, you know, and just try to move in that direction. Be in places where the gospel is not right. Basically, yes, sir. Do you think there's a critical mass of students to make this work? Do you feel like there's a certain number that you need in order to really do this? One. one. And Joe, the guy that met Jeff, you know, never seen Jeff again. He didn't <laughs> attend our church. Or anything like that, but um, Joe's one of those guys that I really depend on. and I'll even go through my sermons on Wednesday nights with Joe before I teach him, just to disciple him in there. So really just one, and then you grow from there and discern what your direction is, how you're going to get outside of the church. Um, teach your Sunday school and the crap they require you to do you don't really care much about. Not that Sunday school is unimportant. No. Anyway, um, and figure these things out and just move in that, move in that direction. That makes sense. Is this helpful to you all? Sorry, I need affirmation. I have a counselor. Yeah. And he <laughs> <tell me that. laughs> so, okay, thank you. All right, let me pray for you and for your ministries. Um, we'll get out of here. Lord Jesus, you are the author and the perfecter of faith. Lord Jesus, you are the one who saves according to your gospel and the knowledge of your gospel. Lord, let that be the target for us convict our souls when we want to just come put some bullcrap talk out there on a Wednesday night for the sake of just talking for the sake of just babysitting kids cause us to be experiencing great conviction when we think I just got to entertain this kid, gospel or not Lord help us to condemn that old saying that share the gospel with everyone and use words if you need to oh my God the gospel is words the gospel is work, it's your work give us a heart for that no matter what happens, give us a heart for that. Lord Jesus, for those of us in the room that are discouraged, just experiencing great pain or criticism from the people that are within our church or on youth, and we say things like they're lame, or they're wanting to go to other youth programs, and they're just little turd consumers. And their parents are like, that's what I pay you to do, is to train my kid. Lord God, fill us with joy in our position, in our job, in our calling. Fill those kids and parents with a holy desire to repent and a holy desire to connect to you, Lord Jesus, the person, the man, of God. Lord, please empower our ministries with the gospel. Please bring good leaders to each of our churches that will dive in deep on these things to make plans to figure out what we ought to do. Lord, please continue to bless the, uh, the rest of this week and protect us on our travels home in Jesus' name. Amen.